This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Pearl today. We have Cruise News with Sherry Kennedy and Matt Hotchberg over at Royal Caribbean Blog gives us a quick little soundbite on Royal Caribbean's Royal Amplify program. That's their um, investment of $900 million across 10 different ships. So we're going to get some details on that as well. Uh, before we get any further, do you want to tell you Cruise Radio News? It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Love to have you in there. Also, uh, shoot me an email getting lots of review emails and interviewing all every single one of you. So keep the emails coming. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Whether you're going on a cruise, just getting back from a cruise, uh, have a question, just shoot me an email. Love to hear from you. All right. Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. The world's largest cruise ship, there's been like, what, 50 of these now, um, has been <laughs> delivered. What are the details on it? Okay. Well, earlier this week, Royal Caribbean became the official owners of their newest ship, Symphony of the Seas. It measures a mere 200, get this number, 228,081 gross tons. So that makes the Symphony the largest ship in the world and uh, just surpassing that of sister ship Harmony of the Seas by just slightly over 1,000 tons. Okay. Right now she is in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. I guess they're putting finishing touches on the ship right now. The, um, they had the ceremony in France at the shipyard and then the, sh and the ship headed to Barcelona, where she will start on a five-night cruise on March 31st. It's just going to go to Naples and Rome and back to Barcelona. And then the ship will uh, spend the summer in the Med and reposition to Miami on October 28th. I just read it's 6,680 passengers if you include triple and quad <laughs> occupancy. <laughs> it, it's wild to think about, isn't it? It is. It's you know bigger than some cities here, some uh, towns for yeah, sure. Yeah, think about like my first cruise on a on a fantasy class ship and what two thousand and fifty two passengers. Crazy, right? Yeah. Now that's a small ship these days. Yeah, exactly. It, Those it's things, almost a small ship. Yeah, you could almost drop like a fantasy class ship in the atrium of one of those <laughs> Harmony ships or uh, Oasis class ships. Yeah, And uh, speaking of Royal Caribbean, they just announced, well, a couple of weeks ago, that they're investing $900 million in a program they're calling Royal Amplify, and it's going to be on a lot of their ships across the fleet. Talk with Matt Hotchberg again over at Royal Caribbean Blog, and this is what he had to say about it. Doug, it's kind of funny that a $900 million upgrade can somehow slip under the radar in all the news that came out, but it did. But you're right, the Royal Amplify program will cover 10 ships over four years and is basically going to breathe a lot of new life into some existing ships that are out there. This is going to affect the Oasis class, the Freedom class, and the Voyager class ships. And this is going to start from 2018 through 2021. So in 2018, we're going to see changes to Independence and Mariner of the Seas. 2019, Navigator, Oasis, and Voyager of the Seas. 2020, Freedom, Explorer, and Allure. And in 2021, Liberty and Adventure of the Seas. Now, Royal Caribbean hasn't really said the total scope of what all the changes will be. There's going to be some new uh, activities on board. There's going to be some new dining options, maybe even some uh, things like water slides. A lot of what we've seen recently on Symphony of the Seas, on uh, Harmony of the Seas, and probably on Spectrum of the Seas, we're going to see some of those features, I think, make their way back towards those ships in a very similar way that Royal Caribbean did 
when Oasis of the Seas first debuted, they started adding back some of those new dining options and other amenities to older ships in the fleet. And this is really going to take, you know, those ships that we maybe we've been on before or you've considered going on before and really, you know, give them a nice little upgrade, if you will, with things to do and make it more competitive. And so and when you consider the price point that some of the existing ships have, you know, you can have a very similar experience, some of the newer ships, but at a, a, at a great savings. I love this plan. Awesome. Thank you, Matt Hotchberg from RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Sherry, what are your thoughts on this? I think some of them will, especially the Voyager class. Now, I did hear that the Allure is included in these uh, upgrades. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not been that long ago since it was spruced up. I know Oasis is going in now. Yeah, so I think it's going to be $900 million will be well spent because, you know, they have to keep sprucing things up and adding and putting in the popular attractions to keep everybody at Royal Caribbean so their stocks can keep going up too. Carnival Paradise just returned into service after receiving a multi-million dollar dry dock. What did she get? Carnival Paradise just returned to Tampa after a month-long refurbishment. That's kind of a long time mm -hmm. to be to be gutted and, and fixed up and, and now has most of their trademark venues and that, of course, would include Guy's Burger Joint. A Red Frog Rum Bar, the Blue Iguana Cantina, and Tequila Bar. They've added in the uh, the Waterworks Aqua Park now has an enclosed 300-foot-long twister water slide and two 80-foot-long racing slides and, of course, the Kids Splash Zone. Itineraries include four-day cruises to Cozumel and five-day cruises to Cozumel plus either Roatan, Key West, or Grand Cayman. And they're going to also throw in a few four- and eight-day cruises to Cuba. So nice to have the paradise back. And uh, I may hop on one of those Cuba cruises. Yeah, I don't really care about Cuba, but I'd like to see paradise because she got pretty much all the refurbishments that Carnival Elation got here in Jacksonville. And they did a great job on her. Like I said, it's a long time for yeah. refurbishment, but they've added a ton of stuff. So should be pretty neat. Yeah, Carnival took some really cool drone footage of the dry dock. If you want to check that out, I'll link it in the show notes uh, over at cruiseradio.net. Um, also on the lines of Carnival, Sherry, they've added a photo package, which seems to be a first for them, to their fun shops. What's the breakdown on this? Yeah, I kind of like this idea. The breakdown is they have three different packages that you can purchase. The first one and the least expensive, and they have cute little names. This one is called Pixels. And this one, uh, this package offers prints of five of your best photographs, plus a 16 by 20 canvas portrait, and that'll cost you just under $100. The Pixels Plus, you can choose as many as you like of your favorite photos, have them all printed, and it'll cost you just under $200 at $199.99. And then the third package is Pixels plus digital, and it kind of is self-explanatory. You pick out all the favorites that you want, they'll print them up, and then you get a souvenir USB stick with high-res digital versions of the pictures. And that little package will only cost you $249.99. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people, if you think about it, just getting one photo is $25 yeah. now. They used to be $9.99 for three. Prices sound a little steep to me. They sound a little bit high. I don't know, like with the Pixels Plus. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say what size any of these are. Are they, you know, four by sixes, eight by tens? They don't tell you that in this. So you really have to probably go to the website where yeah. you would go to order them or call Carnival or have your travel agent call and see what size photos they are. 
So Norwegian Bliss is about to be here in the U.S. and sail the Alaska area for the summertime, and Norwegian Encore is now open for bookings. What do we know about Encore so far? Even though Norwegian's newest ship won't begin cruising until fall of 2019, like you said, they're open for business. This is the cruise line's fourth and final Breakaway Plus class ship, and uh, during the inaugural season, the Norwegian Encore will depart from Miami on Sundays and strictly Eastern Caribbean cruises. And the first one is scheduled for November 17th of, like we said, 2019, and will cruise to the Eastern Caribbean till April 12th in 2020. Uh, ports will include San Juan, St. Thomas, and Tortola. And Tortola's fun. I like going there. That's in the British Virgin Islands. We've been there. Yeah, we have. That was a fun day. Yeah, there's a spice store there where you can get all these wonderful spices to take home. Yeah, it was a good time there. Now, did you have you noticed the pricing at all on the sailing? I haven't checked that. No. I'm sorry. No, no um, I'm just curious. I, I was more concerned about when where it was going, actually. And, yeah. and I sort of was interested when I saw it strictly Eastern Caribbean and not alternating Eastern Western. I thought, hmm. So I started looking into the the ports of call rather than the pricing. Yeah, one other new ship setting sail uh, on Monday, I believe, is going to be Carnival Horizon. She was just delivered on Wednesday and heading over to Barcelona, where she'll pick up her first guest for a 13-night sailing. Wow, that'll be a nice one. Anytime you can leave for more than seven out of Barcelona, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in because yeah. you, you can just get more done. Well, it, the thing about those Mediterranean cruises, too, is they're, they're so port-intensive and they have so little sea days. Like, mm-hmm. I think my last seven-night out of Barcelona had one, actually, no, my, my last two sea days, or my last two cruises out of Barcelona, both had only one sea day. Yep, usually that's when you're going back from Rome to get back yep. to Barcelona. Exactly. Yep. I have a listener question here for you before you hop. It's, uh, okay. It says, it's from Jean. She says, please help. I am booked on an upcoming Carnival cruise through the reduced deposit promotion. I did a dummy booking, and my cruise went down $125. I called Carnival, and they could not find that price. I was on the website during the phone call, and finally, after 40 minutes, I gave up and said, forget it. This is my first time with Carnival, and I'm very disappointed. What would you do? Well, Jean, that is frustrating. But, you know, first, when Jean made her dummy booking, I'm wondering if it was directly on the Carnival site or an online site that may actually look like you're on a Carnival site. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those exist, too. And sometimes, and I've said this before, travel agencies, whether it's a large one or a small one, they may have a better rate or promotion than the cruise line offers to the general public. So that was my first thought that maybe, you know, and I'm not, Jean, don't be insulted. I'm not saying you don't know the difference between the two, but some can really look like you're on the cruise line site. Always take a screenshot when you find a reduced rate and include the address bar at the top, and that way you have proof to show if you email it to customer service or whatever department it might be. Um, I'm not saying that Carnival would adjust it, but sometimes the cruise lines, if you have per, if you have proof that it was offered somewhere else at a reduced rate, they might do something to honor it. And then when you do try to find, when you do find a lower rate and try to get the cruise line to adjust it and they don't show it on their site, if you had booked with a travel agent, he or she, could then contact their sales rep and ask for some type of rate adjustment or an onboard credit or an upgrade. But you do have to have that screenshot of the reduced rate. And, you know, it's also against policy for some places to discount pricing. Mm -hmm. So that's another um, sticky wicket that uh, the cruise lines are dealing with. 
But, Gene, if you saw the reduced price on their, on a, if you ever see it on a website, whether carnivals or not, um, here's what I suggest is to book that reduced one. So you could have booked the dummy booking, you know, $125 less, but always make sure that you can cancel your original booking without any penalty than what you were paying before. So you're saying that if you already have a cruise booked and you see one that is actually that much cheaper, go ahead and book that one. And if you can cancel your initial booking, go ahead and do that because you might come out ahead. Exactly. Okay. That's much well better more put. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a couple of uh, points written down here on this as well. And you already said a couple of them. Like, um, definitely always screenshot it. Kind of hard to argue a screenshot. And the cruise lines, the pricing, they're very fluid, right? So they're based on an algorithm, kind of like the airlines where – they go up and down, you know, multiple times a day. So it could have also been something where when Gene looked at it, it was $125 cheaper. But then when Carnival went and looked at it on their end, it could have gone back up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've had that happen to me too, Gene. Right. So I know exactly how – it's very frustrating. With that said, we'll wrap this up. And I'll tell you Bon Voyage. And I look for your Bon Voyage gift in the room, Sherry. We sent you one. Oh, okay. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Josh just returned from a nine-night sailing aboard Norwegian Pearl out of New Orleans. He joins us on the line. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Doug? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on and sharing this review with us today. Uh, why Norwegian Pearl? Long cruise, nine nights. It was nine nights. And you know what? I've never done something out of New Orleans before. And to be honest with you, six ports in nine days with only two sea days. I mean, it's hard to contest that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would really dig that. I, so I'm a big fan of like the uh, the med sailings as well, because it's like so port intensive. Are, are you a more of a port intensive kind of guy or do you like the sea days? I'm a more I want the ship all to myself all the time kind of guy. So, yeah. So I, I just enjoy having all the all of the ship basically at my disposal. Awesome. Well, I haven't been to New Orleans in a couple of years. How was the embarkation process for you? So here's what I found out. The embarkation process was actually 
one of the clunkiest I've had because Norwegian Cruise Line doesn't necessarily run the embarkation process in the terminal. They hire a third-party company. So to get from the actual uh, terminal to the ship took the better part of about 45 minutes um, just because they didn't have the right setup in terms of the um, in terms of the zone numbers. So they give you a number when you arrive, and it just took a really long time to get on. Nobody really knew what was going on. Huh, interesting. Is that like the norm for them over there, you think? I'm not sure because uh, I'd be interested to know if the other cruise lines that are using that port have other um, companies or if they run it themselves. Yeah, interesting. You board Norwegian Pearl. What were your first impressions? You know, when you get on a ship like that, the thing with Norwegian is their ships, uh, I find them to be very bright. They use very light colors. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I walked in, I was walking into this beautiful atrium with this LED screen and these gorgeous lights and this blue carpet. It was absolutely stunning. First thing you did when you got on board? go and try and eat something. <laughs> so I went straight up to the Garden Cafe, which was a little bit busy, a little bit busy at the time, but I found some amazing stuff. Now, cool story, I am actually vegan. So trying to find vegan options this cruise, it was the first time I ever had to do this. Was it very easy to find vegan options? In the Garden Cafe, it was absolutely awesome. They had a great selection. Um, stuff started to get a little bit repetitive, but to be completely honest with you, they did a good job of putting out a wide selection every single day. Cool. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you book? I booked an interior stateroom, and it was actually um, it was basically one of the last ones on the sailing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't necessarily get to pick it. It was kind of assigned to me, uh, but the room was really spacious for one person. Uh, I was in the room by myself. And it can actually sleep up to four, believe it or not. That, yeah, because I had a room that had the flip-down bed and it had the little pull-out underneath. And the bathroom was an incredible size, one of the biggest bathrooms I've had um, on a ship ever. <laughs> I just have to say, like, I could not imagine. I sailed Norwegian Star in the Med over the summer. I could not imagine putting four people in that small cabin. No way. And to be honest with you, nor could I. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. But uh, like for one person, you said there was plenty. So you found plenty of space and everything that I assume. Tons of space for, for myself. Um, the thing is, they have lots of storage space. The closets were awesome. And for a nine day cruise, you know, you're bringing a fair amount of clothes with yeah. you. And so I found no issue with storage space. In fact, I actually found the layout of the cabin really nice. And this cabin was uh, an unconventional layout, which was which was great. What do you mean when you say unconventional? There were a number of inside cabins that are – so there are inside cabins that are opposite of the ocean view cabins um, and on deck number four. I was on deck number four. And then there's a separate set of inside cabins that are kind of in the center of the ship. So you take a separate little hallway. Okay. Um, Carnival does a similar thing. And those cabins are laid out differently. So they're more of a square shape rather than a rectangle. Ah, uh, okay. So let's talk about dining then on Norwegian Pearl. Of course, Norwegian, known for freestyle dining. Did you make any dining reservations before you sailed? I made no reservations before I sailed. Uh, to be honest with you, it was kind of a last-minute thing. So by the time I, I booked it and was going, uh, I didn't even think to book anything in advance. Okay, so how about when you actually got on board and you wanted to eat? I know you're a big specialty guy, so did you like <laughs> want to eat out a specialty uh, venue and did you have to wait for everything? We did. There were some weight issues, but I will tell you, after I went to the Garden Cafe, uh, I met up with a friend of mine that was on the sailing, and we went up to the Brazilian place um, up on deck, uh, I think it's deck 14, and we had an amazing Brazilian lunch. So for lunch, there was no problem getting reservations. But I will tell you, the specialty dining, the nice thing about this is you won't get bored with the food, uh -huh. especially at dinner time. You literally, you can't eat in every single restaurant for dinner, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, was the Brazilian uh, restaurant, was it complimentary or was there a fee for lunchtime? There was a $30 fee. So, you know, but I mean, the bill starts as soon as you get on board, yeah, really. Totally. Um, as far as the, <laughs> the main dining room, did you get to do any uh, nights in there? Yeah, there are two main dining rooms on the Pearl. There is the Summer Palace restaurant and Indigo. Now, Summer Palace is the big restaurant at the end of the ship, all the way at the back. Um, with the beautiful windows. And this is one of the most beautiful restaurants I've ever seen on a ship. Absolutely. It looks genuinely like a palace. Like, And they've yeah. done it up so, so well. Um, and the food there was really good. They were really attentive. And uh, in Indigo, it's much smaller, a little bit more of an intimate feel. And it was always busy in there. Uh, so, I mean, both meals I had there were, to be honest with you, the best that I had. Awesome. And again, no, no problems with the vegan choices? No. However, on the first night, I did tell the server that I was vegan, and she said, uh, oh, great, we have awesome fish. So <laughs> I kind of just uh, concluded more further training required. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, as far yeah. as entertainment goes on board, one thing I've noticed about uh, NCL is they have a pretty solid entertainment lineup. What did you think of that? As much as I'm also a specialty food guy, I'm definitely an entertainment guy. I'd like to go to every single show, every single performer. Uh, I like to see them. And you know what? Norwegian Pearl really did well. I just want to talk about the theater, the Stardust Theater. It's on, I believe, decks um, six and seven all the way forward. And this theater is laid out so well. You could sit in any seat and you basically get a similar show. There's no area of the theater that you can sit that you'd have a bad view, uh, which I think is an engineering marvel because in, in ships these days, to try and cram as many people in as they can. And the shows themselves were absolutely fantastic. They had an amazingly talented cast that not only performed two production shows, they, the singers had their own cabaret wow. that they did as well. Yeah. And the cruise director, uh, Simon, was really, really great as well. Uh, and it was just overall the entertainment is really where the pearl shined. And Norwegian does a great job. What did you think about the entertainment around the ship, uh, like in the public venues and the live bands playing here and there? I love the live bands. There were a couple of soloists that I really like. One of the soloists that was on board, I think he's relatively young. Uh, he must have been newer. I thought he was great. Now, I'm a younger guy. And I think he got a hard time from a lot of the – it's a nine-day sailing out of New Orleans in December. Yeah. So, I mean, the clientele, you're going to get slightly older. And I think they were giving him a hard time because they wanted him to play older music. Uh -huh. So, I know. I had a great time. He was playing all of my favorite stuff. So, I, I didn't have an issue with the onboard entertainment, especially the musicians. Yeah. Um, I was really, really impressed. Awesome. How was the ship on sea days? I mean, you only had two of them. The thing I like about this class of ship is that there's something to eat for everyone. Uh, there's something to do at any time. Like they have tons of activities going on. The thing with the ship to fit that many restaurants in is that everything is very compartmentalized. So everything is a lot smaller and the ship, keep in mind, it's only 93,000 tons. Now on a sea day, the ship handled itself relatively well because on this particular sailing, most people weren't very active. Mm -hmm. They were the kind of sit on deck and enjoy it or sit in the cabin kind of people. On a cruise that would be more active, I could see that the ship was straining a little bit in terms of its public space. Yeah. We also had the Spinnaker Lounge close this cruise because they were renovating it. So that took one very large public venue away from, from the guests. Um, but what I will say that I really liked 
was that the amount of outdoor activities were fantastic. They have rock climbing on board. They have great pool activities going on all day long. Uh, so that part of it was really good. Cool. So on this itinerary, you had six sea days. You did what? Cozumel, Grand Cayman, uh, Roatan, Guatemala, Harvest Cay, and one other one I'm forgetting, Costa Maya. Um, yes. Which one was your favorite? Costa Maya. Always Costa Maya. Do you remember sailing the Costa Maya back in the day when it was like just this little shop? There was nothing there. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Now, I'm amazed. I've been to Costa Maya in a few years, and they have really built it up into a destination. The port itself has everything you need within it. And not only that, I went ATVing in the mud. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we had to take this little truck uh, to go ATVing, and we got this amazing Mexican lunch as well, and that was my just my favorite, my highlight. Talk to us about uh, your thoughts of Great Harvest, or is it or no Harvest K? Right, their private area in Belize. Yeah. yeah. So you know, every cruise line has their own thing. Uh, Royal Caribbean has Labadee. Carnival has uh, their island as well in the Bahamas. What I loved about Harvest K is that they have regular shops that are there in the port as well. So you have your Caraloja and Del Sol, and you have coffee shops and restaurants. And on top of that, you have zip lining, and you have this amazing beach. If there's only there's only one ship in, and our ship isn't a very big ship, there was so much space on this beautiful beach. I, I mean, I've never quite seen a, a private island that is that well maintained. It's clean, it's safe, and there's it's open. And from a functionality standpoint, uh, with the bar service and the beaches available, like, have you ever been to the Great Stirrup K in, uh, in the islands here in Bahamas for Norwegian? Yes, I have been to Great Stirrup K. I found the beach there. That's the one that is a little bit rocky. Yeah, am I correct? very rocky. Yeah. Okay. This is the complete opposite. Okay. They took what they learned about their first private <laughs> island and completely revamped when they opened uh this beautiful Harvest K. I mean, I, I was impressed, and it takes a lot to impress me on a ship. Yeah, and I understand that the ships actually dock there too, right? Yeah, That's they cool. dock, and now it's quite a walk, I will yeah. say. From the ship to the actual island, there's this pier that they've managed to build, and they do have carts running back and forth, but be prepared to walk for about 15 minutes. Okay. So you make your way back to New Orleans. I, I like sailing in and out of New Orleans because it's like a 10-hour journey down the Mississippi or up to Mississippi, isn't it? It really is. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of sailing in the Baltic and having to sail into Stockholm. Uh-huh. It reminded me of that. It was the same kind of feeling. You know, you're sitting in the cabin and then suddenly everything tilts and then uh-huh. it tilts the other way. <laughs> you know, and it's great because you get cell service that whole time. Yeah. It's always good when you yeah. get cell service a little bit before the cruise ends there. So you dock in New Orleans. How was disembarkation? Was it easier than embark? It completely was. Why? Because the onboard team is what managed the debarkation process. And that's what makes a difference. These are the people that know the ship. They know the process. They've been doing it for a long time. And really and truly, it's fantastic. Norwegian Cruise Line, their debarkation process, I sailed with them. The first time I sailed with NCL was in 2003 on the Norwegian Dawn. And their debarkation process has not changed since then. And to be honest with you, it doesn't need to. You basically take a color tag, or you do self-assist, and that's it. You're off. It took me, I would say, about three minutes to get off the ship from the time that they called self-assist. I just walked off, mm-hmm. and then as, as a Canadian, I had to go through immigration. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting how it varies from ship to ship and cruise line to cruise line. Like uh, recently when I was sailing Carnival Vista, uh, from stepping into the atrium to at the curb in Port Miami, it took me eight minutes, which is probably that's- one of the fastest I've ever had in my life. That's amazing. That is absolutely impeccable. And you know what I'd like to see 
is that when you give feedback to the cruise line, that they're actually taking it and they're doing something with it. Mm-hmm. To me, I mean, there's nothing more than I that I value than knowing the cruise line's listening. Well, I mean, it sounds like you got a lot of a lot of pros on this sailing. Were there any cons? The cons is I genuinely think that uh, you know this this freestyle dining concept is absolutely fantastic. The only thing is, and I'm not sure if it's just this class of ship, but the wait times sometimes could be a little bit longer than you would anticipate. It's not just a walk in and get a seat type of thing. So when you were asking about, did you book any reservations beforehand? In retrospect, probably would have been a good idea. (laughs) So if you're going to sail Norwegian Cruise Line, make sure you book those reservations beforehand. And with any cruise line that offers specialty dining. Um, You know, and the other thing about this ship that frankly I found very endearing is that this ship has a number of sisters like her, mm-hmm. and they all share these design elements. They share this amazing theater. They share the open spaces like the atrium and kind of the area by the sushi bar. They share all of these great qualities. Um, and I like it when a cruise line comes out with a class of ship that they're as confident in as Norwegian clearly is in this class. You know, I, I think some cruise lines could learn from the theater design because some cruise lines have poles everywhere and it just blocks the view anywhere you sit. You're completely right. Um, and to be honest with you, I think Carnival, their Conquest class, mm-hmm. has an absolutely awesome theater. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all open. The more open the theater is, the better it is. And, uh, you know, they really shine with the design here on, on Norwegian Pearl. Awesome. Well, dude, uh, final thoughts of Norwegian Pearl. Norwegian Pearl. She is definitely a special girl, you know, um, doing the cruises that she does uh, out of New Orleans and uh just the incredible team aboard her is absolutely incredible. The team is very happy on board, and that's what I like to see. Final thoughts? Yeah. She's she's gorgeous. Awesome. Is she there uh, year-round in New Orleans? I believe she also home bases in Seattle and okay. does Alaska. You're right. She yeah. does. Okay. Yeah, so seasonal mm-hmm. type thing. Very cool. All right, Josh. Well, uh, I appreciate you spending the time and talking to me today. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.